It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into tonight's postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. The Vegas Golden Knights fall 3-2 to two to the Dallas Stars in the shootout. Boy, oh boy, that was one of the most exciting games, most entertaining games of the year for the Vegas Golden Knights. And to help us break this one down, we go back up to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And, you know, Dan, let's start with the game in totality. That was exciting. There were chances, great goaltending. We'll get to Loren Brossois specifically in just a moment. But overall, your impressions of an incredibly intense playoff-like game. Yeah, that is the sort of game you would like to see when you shell out a few bucks for a ticket to a (laughs) National Hockey League game. Um, It's a privilege to watch games like this and be in a position to describe them for you. And, I mean, there are only going to be a handful of those out of 82 where you you get wire-to-wire thrilling games with uh, two of the best teams in the Western Conference and two of the top teams in the entire National Hockey League with history, of course. Um, A little bit different with coaching changes and so on, but still... There's, um, you know, these teams, you know, played for the right to go to the Stanley Cup final a few years ago. And uh, there are plenty of storylines embedded with the Knights and Stars. Then the game turns out to be something really spectacular. Plus, Brossois starting his third straight. And that might be the takeaway storyline, silver lining stuff, Ryan, because, you know, you're now looking at um, Hill and Brossois for the time being. Who knows, you know, Logan Thompson's timetable. By the way, happy birthday to Logan Thompson, his 26th birthday today. But Brossois and Hill, you know, Aiden was the backup today. Brossois was fantastic. And um, short of his shootouts, which is he's just not great in the shootouts, I suppose. The numbers historically bear that out. Uh, but otherwise, just amazing. And there could be a, a competition here between those two, and we'll see how Bruce Cassidy handles that. But just uh, back to your thought here with the, these guys um, just really playing like it was a game of significance more than just a one out of 82. You wonder if these teams would um, potentially match up in uh, in a conference final. I don't think either of these clubs are going to drop to a wild card in which they could meet in a second-round scenario. It's probably going to be uh, if these teams, um, you know, if, if these teams can meet, it would be in the conference final, basically, is what I'm saying. And so is that in the realm of possibility? Sure is. Would uh, we look forward to that? Sure would. <laughs> yeah, you're right on the money there, Dan. Um, let's let's get into Loren Brossois. As you mentioned, this was his third consecutive start. Aiden Hill uh, back in the fold for the Golden Knights, served as the backup. But when you're getting performances like you got tonight from Loren Brossois, the brilliant save, desperation save, Dominic Hasek-like in overtime, I, I, I don't know how you can go away from Brossois uh, given what he's been able to do for this Golden Knights team over the last three. Yeah, he did make four consecutive starts for the Knights once last winter. And, you know, he would have an opportunity to go up against the Colorado Avalanche on Monday. You, know, you, you try to pick your spots. I mean, they, they were going to have Brossois go up against a, sh- a Chicago Blackhawks team, regardless of any potential injury to Aiden Hill, because, you know, the Blackhawks are the Blackhawks, mm-hmm. not the Tampa Bay Lightning. You want to ease somebody in. But now you look at the next three opponents. It's Colorado, Carolina, New Jersey. Yeah. Now, there's no easy spot to get Hill back into the lineup. Now, he hasn't played since uh, last Saturday, but uh, not a ton of time off. But still, you know, he's only had a couple of practices. But at the same time, he's won his last four starts. Only eight goals allowed in those four starts. Um, yeah, it, it, it's tricky because, you know, the 
you know, you lose your job essentially because, you know, you get injured and somebody else plays well in your absence. Well, then all of a sudden you get healthier and you return and then you do the same to the other guy. But it, it, it is quite a conundrum. I'll be interested to hear what Bruce Cassidy has to say about it and ultimately who does get the start against uh, Colorado on Monday. You know, one of the other things that you're looking at here for the Golden Knights, if you're going to, you know, judge this game fairly, is you've got an opportunity to, to ice the game with an empty net goal. Now, it's a great play by Jason Robertson to kind of slide, take away that option from Chandler Stevenson to get the puck over to Riley Smith in that moment. But how do the Golden Knights bear down a little bit harder in those moments and secure or extend those leads with an empty net? Yeah, well... I think now that it has happened twice in three games, the the message may not need to be spoken by Bruce Cassidy. I think the players are going to recognize this. Bruce might talk about it anyway, just to drive it home. <laughs> but, you know, when you've got an empty net, as much as you would like to score a goal, the, the priority there is to get the puck deep. Chandler is already across the red line when he has the puck. Would he like to score an empty net goal and seal the game? You betcha. But when you've got a player in your way and you're going to force a pass, it, it, and, you know, it's not just in that moment. I don't want to pick on Chandler too much. He has 50 points. He's the leading scorer on the team. It just happens to come down to that moment. But there are, you know, there are a handful of times where Chandler, because he's such a good playmaker, you know, does try to make a pass, not only in that moment, but in other moments where you kind of wonder, like, why, well, why did he do that? If he thought about it again, he probably wouldn't make that pass. He almost make some of those passes instinctively rather than thinking about is this the right thing to do here so i would certainly imagine that given now that it has happened twice in three games that the knights fail to finish in that kind of a play um, when they you know the goal would be great but just getting it deep would be even better and then go dump it in just like an even straight dump it in and grind after it and don't let them come out of the zone with the puck it probably would have sealed the game um, with that amount of time it wasn't two minutes left it was 38, uh, you know, just about a minute and ended up with the goal at, tw at 38 seconds. So uh, you would imagine with that having happened now twice here, Ryan, as I've now said it three times, mm -hmm. they're going to be cognizant of that going forward. All right, so for the Golden Knights, uh, points in nine straight games. Obviously, uh, they've been fantastic in the month of February coming off of the bye week and the All-Star break. But you look at the road ahead for Vegas, as you mentioned, Dan, the next three opponents, uh, not easy not an easy stretch and it doesn't get any easier in march um where where do you feel the golden knights game is at right now heading into some of the most important hockey of the year well jack eichel is hitting his stride yeah and i think it really began um yeah i mean he's been putting up points we mentioned this earlier but he's got five goals and four assists now in seven games so that's right where you'd want him to be on this pace, he's going to overtake Chandler Stevenson for the team's scoring lead if the pace holds down the stretch with 23 games to go. Um, first things first, he is scoring goals. He's now the team leader. He's got more than Riley Smith, who's been stuck on 19. Riley has one goal in his last 19 games. And that's kind of where I would pivot from the success of Jack Eichel finding his game and looking good. That's one thing to put up points. It's another thing to really kind of take over a game, and Jack has done that now, I think, um, you know, from the middle of last game against Calgary right through this one today, it's the sort of Jack Eichel that you'd expect to see. They're double shifting him uh, a little bit more, and I think that Jack thrives on that. But the other guys, uh, you know, Riley Smith, one goal in 19 games. William Carlson, um, now no, no goals in 10 games. Uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, you know, chips in with an assist today. You know, we were talking yesterday. Jonathan 
finally broke through with two goals after going none in 13. You know, there's uh, – and by the way, Chandler Stevenson has one goal in 18 games. So, in addition to, uh, you know, you're you're getting a Matteo to score. You know, you got White Cloud last game. Carrier keeps – you would, at some point, like to see the likes of Riley Smith, William Carlson, Chandler Stevenson put the puck in the goal on a little bit more regular basis, which is not to take away from all the other things that they do, but those are the guys you expect to be the the top goal scorers, and um, they're just not at the same clip as, as some of the other guys. All right, Dan, any final thoughts on this one before we turn our attention to Monday night and the Colorado Avalanche? Yeah, Colorado beat up on Winnipeg 5-1 to one yesterday, and uh, you always kind of wonder, you know, you're catching the team on their too high or too low. Again, the Dallas Stars came into this one at 0-3-2, winless in five. You know, Vegas with uh, points in eight straight now, nine straight, including this one. But it's just funny how sometimes you, you think you're getting a team at a low point when, in fact, it's, you know, a big game. Vegas is always a big game. And so, uh, you know, the Stars get up for this one. Um, you know, how does, uh, how does that affect the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche coming off a, a big win against a, a very good team in the Winnipeg Jets? Are they on a high? Does that mean they're susceptible? I don't know. But that's uh, the little things that we think about, and then we'll be wondering about starting goaltender. Uh, I'm going to guess Aiden Hill, but uh, just to get the kind of the routine going, you don't want Aiden sitting for too long, but um, we'll find out. All right, great stuff. As always, Dan, enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll chat on Monday. Thanks, Ryan. Good night. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 3-2 loss to the Dallas Stars in the shootout. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show, presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Postgame Show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance Postgame Show, the Vegas Golden Knights fall 3-2 in the shootout to the Dallas Stars. Vegas 35-18-6, and 76 points on the year. Still tops in the Western Conference and the Pacific Division. Uh, we'll... Uh, give a a full breakdown of of where the Golden Knights are at in the Pacific, where they are in the Western Conference, and and what things look like down the final third of the season for the Vegas Golden Knights. The post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. And you know what? You you look at this one, Aiden Hill back in the fold. Nick Waugh missed his second consecutive game. Still no Logan Thompson, still no Mark Stone. But fact of the matter is uh, the Golden Knights put on a show tonight with the Dallas Stars. This was one of the most exciting games that we've seen in quite some time here inside T-Mobile Arena, and both teams uh, were full value for this one tonight. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go to the second period, and the Golden Knights had to kill off a lengthy 5-on-3 early in the second period. Seemed to get a lot of juice off of that early special teams play. Then midway through the period, Braden McNabb set up Michael Amadio's 10th goal of the season to give Vegas the lead. Stevenson peels off right corner. Low to high for Theodore. To the middle, McNabb. Side of the goal, score! Michael Lamadio puts Vegas in the lead, one nothing. Side of the goal, just a simple redirect. Michael Amadio from Braden McNabb and Shea Theodore, 12 minutes of the second period, made it one to nothing Vegas. The Dallas Stars would push shortly thereafter, and two minutes later tied the game on a broken play as Wyatt Johnson scored his 14th of the year. In comes Jamie Benn, put it on goal. Brossois, right pad save, another try. Deflects through the net mouth wide right, Miro Haskinen. Here's a right point shot, blocked, rebound, out in front, and they score! Wyatt Johnston ties the game for Dallas. 
Johnston from Tidalandra and Jamie Benn. 14-01 of the second period tied the game at one. We'd head to the third period tied, and it was an incredibly tense period with both teams generating great chances. However, later in the period, Jack Eichel streaked down the wing, held on to the puck, and beat, beat Jake Ottinger to give Vegas back the lead. All the way back to the D zone for the Knights. White Cloud forward to Marcheseau. Ahead, Stevenson taps it ahead. Eichel towards the goal. He scores! Vegas takes the lead. 2-1 Golden Knights. 4.36 to go, third period. Jack Eichel, for the first time this year, goals in three straight games. Jack Eichel's 20th goal of the year from Chandler Stevenson and John of the Marshes. So 15-23 of the, the third period made it 2-1 Vegas. Later on, the Dallas Stars would pull Jake Ottinger for the extra attacker and Jason Robertson would sell out to break an empty net chance for the Vegas Golden Knights. Rope Hints would later tie the game with just 38 seconds left. 40 seconds to go. Stars on the right side. Hints shoots and scores! Rope Hints ties it. 37 seconds to go. Top left corner. Rope hints 24th of the year. And the Stars, down to their final minute, managed to keep this game alive. 24th goal of the year for Rope Hints. The assist to Jason Robertson and Jamie Benn, 19-22 of the third period, tied the game at two. We'd head to the overtime period. Both teams would have great chances, but the biggest moment would belong to Loren Brossois, making our AAA insurance save of the game. Robertson to the goal, save, Brossois does the stack to keep the puck away, now in front, oh, a sprawling windmill, save, Brossois, how did he do that, Petrangelo with the puck for the Knights. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you outsmart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA, outsmart life, unbelievable work, Dominic Hasek-like from Loren Brossois, just on his backside with the back of his glove is able to get that one so we'd head to the shootout paul cotter jack eichel would both be stopped by jake ottinger jason robertson put the stars ahead in the skills competition and rope hints would win it for dallas hints delays lefty at the right side slowly scores he went low with several quick low deeks rope hints wins it for dallas in the shootout Robertson and Hintz both score on Lauren Brossois. Connor and Eichel stopped by Jake Ottinger, and the Dallas Stars defeat the Golden Knights 3-2. And there you have it, 3-2 the final score. The Dallas Stars defeat the Vegas Golden Knights in the shootout. Vegas falls to 35-18-6 for 76 points on the year. Golden Knights are next in action on Monday at 6 o'clock against the Colorado Avalanche. We're Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Bruce, this is now two games in the last three nights where you've had a, you've been a goal up, final few seconds of a game, and you give up a, a, a game-tying goal. I know it's a process, but how do you get better at closing games out? Well, I mean, both. Uh, I'll look at both those games, and we were we had the puck on our stick when the problem started, so that is usually um, something you can correct. In Chicago, we shot it into the crowd, put ourselves in a really bad spot, six on four. Lost a draw, which is typically going to happen six on four. And so that one is one of those ones you think, well, you know, we'll manage it better next time. This time we have a great breakout, a clean two on one with, you know, our two of our better players with the puck in the neutral zone that typically would end up. I, I think Robertson made a hell of a play to dive across. It's something no one expected, but you still have to just chip it by him. And, you know, it's probably game over. But easier said than done from, from the bench. 
So there's two goals that basically happen, I think, with the puck in our stick that should have been ended. So it wasn't like a flurry of two straight minutes in our end. I thought we did a good job defending. <clears throat> Got some fresh bodies out there. I will say on the goal, we left the middle of the ice open for a split second where we could have collapsed better. That's something we'll address. But some of the stuff leading up. And then there's one in Jersey we let get away. that, But it, that deflected in off our own guy, another one. So... There's three times we should have, you know, had wins. But all three times it wasn't the same two minutes in our end where we just couldn't, you know, get it done. It was, you know, odd circumstances. So is it one of those years? Or is it really problematic? Because <clears throat> I'll agree with you, in the playoffs, you let these games get away, you go into overtime and lose, it can change a series. So I understand that. Right now you're accumulating points and, you know, that's the positive part of it, the loser point. But so that that's one, you know, we'll have to go back and forth on because I get your point. I get it 100 percent. Like, it should be wins. Maybe it happens once, but, you know, it did against Nashville earlier this year. And we ended up winning in overtime. But, um, you know, we got to we got to sort through that, make sure we're ultra focused in these last moments. But these are top guys for us to play in all these situations where they had the puck. So <clears throat> it's not like they're new to it. We just um, got to clean it up. Go to Ken, then Jesse. Ken Bolke, Vegas. How encouraged are you with Brassois' play tonight? Well, it's uh, three good ones. Should be three wins for him. Um, you know, unfortunately, he's only got the one, but all the games have gone into extra time, so... You know, he's done his job. He's done his job very well for us. Um, and I'm happy for him because he's a hardworking guy that, you know, has sort of worked to get back to this this point now this year. So it's too bad we couldn't put him put him in the win column every night. But uh, the big picture is he's given us solid goaltending. Most of these games we've played relatively well in front of him with the exception of a period, it seems like. And he's really held us in uh, Calgary the other night, first period. Some of it's PK-driven, which is another whole story tonight I thought with with how that played out to be honest with you with some of the calls and then tonight it was a second period their power play gave them a lot of juice and momentum and that long change now guys are exhausted fatigued the kill so you don't they don't have some of the stuff to get going the other way so he's really held us in when um you know when when we've needed it when our bad stretches you know so we haven't been a full 60 minute team in front of them yet either even Chicago we weren't 60 minutes for sure we had half a game there where we got casual. <clears throat> Go to Jesse, then Danny. <clears throat> Jesse Granger at The Athletic. You usually start the fourth line, and you kind of like how they set the, the tone for the game. I'm curious what went into starting the first line. Was there anything we should read into that? No, it's just, you know, like they have, um, they were dressing 11 forwards tonight, so I didn't know if Pete would, how much he'd use his last line. So we we just decided to switch it up a little tonight. Um, and then in the third, we went back to it. I, you know, that's typically what we would do. I didn't think um, anything other than, you know, we'll just try something different. I mean, Marsh is always on my case if I don't start him sooner or later anyway. So it's a little bit of that just to keep him happy. <laughs> Danny. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Bruce, second game in a row, Amadio gets in front of the net, results in a goal. Have you liked the way that he's kind of responded to that challenge of getting to the net? Lately? Yeah, he's done a good job. I mean, he's a guy that, over the years, has been more the playmaker than the guy, you know, the greasy guy, and that's what's in front of him. You want, to, you know, you want to play, you want to play more, uh, you want to help us win. That's the ask right now, and maybe there'll come a time he, 
you know, he'd be more comfortable with, you know, be the guy making the play with someone else going to the net. But that's just what we need. And like I said, it hopefully it builds his game now, this year, in the future, all of that stuff. Playoff hockey where <coughs> he's comfortable with it. And um, the whole line is, right? Like, you know, it doesn't always have to be him, but he's the guy we've used closest to the net. On the power play, did a good job distributing tonight. He wasn't forcing as much. And um, so happy with his game. Going. Owen Krebs, Vegas Hockey Now. Shea Theodore extends his point streak tonight. How impressed have you been with his game since he's returned to the lineup? Yeah, I mean, he, he was doing a lot of that at the start of the year. Let's face it, he was on, and our de-scoring rate was up. I think it was up with everybody in the league, and he, he has he's a big driver in that. Uh, breakouts, neutral zone, just the ability to freeze people and make a tape-to-tape pass with some zip on it. Um, confidence at the ozone blue line. You can break, break uh, wingers down that are coming out to challenge him. Guys that don't want to challenge him now, he has an extra second to you know feed a puck in. So um, a lot of good stuff. Over time, you saw some you know special talent when he can separate. Uh, so good. I mean, we need it. I mean, most of the teams that you look over the years, they have offensive drivers back there. I go right back to last year to, to Makar, obviously, and Taze get up there. Girard, maybe not as much in the playoffs, but certainly the regular season. So you need dynamic guys back there. Heiskanen does a good job for Dallas. Morrissey in Winnipeg. I was watching the other night against Colorado. I mean, they're just that. That's Lindholm and McAvoy in Boston have done it. It's one of the reasons. You know, I've watched Hedman do it for years. Sergachev's growing. You know, it's what you need. Thank you, Bruce. Thanks, everybody. Team is. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. When the Vegas Golden Knights hit the road, check out one of the team's official watch parties. The next is set for Monday, February 27th at Nacho Daddy in Henderson. You can catch the game and enjoy food and drinks with the VGK cast as the Golden Knights face the Avalanche that night in Colorado. It's the AAA Insurance post-game show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall 3-2 to the Dallas Stars in the shootout. Today's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar, and it was a real, real entertaining game. This was a phenomenal game, and it goes to show you don't need a 7-6 game. You don't need a ton of goals. What you had tonight from both hockey clubs, Vegas and Dallas, was high event, high level elite hockey on every front. Offensively, both teams were clicking Goaltenders were fantastic. Both Jake Ottinger and Loren Brossois were phenomenal for for throughout 65-plus minutes in this game. Um, and really, it was the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights' first period was great, but they were unable to solve Jake Ottinger in their strongest push of the game. Then... They find a lead midway through the second period. The Dallas Stars with a furious push. They get that one right back. It's just two minutes that the Golden Knights had a lead there in the second period. And then once again in the third, the Golden Knights, they're the team that finds that that uh, that, that icebreaker. They, they get a 2-1 lead, and they've got options to close the game out. And I think that's going to be the big takeaway. You heard Bruce Cassidy talk about it. He was asked very directly about the fact that over the last three games, the Golden Knights had leads within the final minute of regulation in two out of those three games. Two out of those three games. And both of those games, the Golden Knights allowed the game-tying goal and lost in a shootout. It, it, it doesn't really, for me, feel like a, a trend you should be too, too concerned about, but it is something that has happened 
recently for the Vegas Golden Knights, and you've got to find a way to close out those games. You've got to find a way to turn those opportunities into no-doubters for the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's back to the drawing board. You're hoping that you get a similar goaltending performance from either Loren Brossois or Aiden Hill when the Golden Knights next take the ice on Monday against the Colorado Avalanche. But right now, you look at the overall view for the Golden Knights coming out of the bye week, coming out of the All-Star break. This team has a nine-game point streak. They are 6-0-3 in their last nine games. That's going to make you feel pretty good about what this this team can do in the final 23 games of the year. That's going to do it for me here on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next. Presented by Dollar Loan Center, this is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall 3-2 to the Dallas Stars in the shootout. An excellent game, uh, really a fun entertaining game wall-to-wall that overtime period was one of the best we've seen in quite some time and it's a shame it really is that the goaltending performance in this one that the game in general had to end in a skills competition and and i'm not just saying that because it didn't it didn't turn out in the golden knight's favor loren brossois and jake ottinger were phenomenal they were so so good in this game and and you know when you look at it from a very objective point of view their stat lines exactly the same at the end of this one both goalies make 41 saves on 43 shots in regulation and overtime it was a goaltending duo it was an absolute goaltending masterclass from both guys and, and to me it should be celebrated and, and it deserves a better finish than than a shootout but it is what it is I digress, and we'll get into some more specific stuff when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights. 702-876-1340, that's the number. 702-876-1340. The Golden Knights are on a nine-game point streak. They are 6-0-3 in their last nine games. That goes back to prior to the bye week and the All-Star break. I want to get a sense of where you think the Golden Knights are at. We're getting closer and closer and closer to the trade deadline. Six days away from the NHL trade deadline. Uh, that can be a topic of conversation as well. And are you concerned about where the Golden Knights are in closing these games out? As I mentioned, you're talking about twice in three games you have a lead going into the final minute of the third period. You allow the game-tying goal. You lose in a shootout. That's got to be frustrating, but is it concerning for you? Those are some of the questions that I'm interested in. But we're talking about a first-place team in the Vegas Golden Knights, first in the Pacific, first in the Western Conference, and they just had a heck of a game against the best team in the Central right now in the Dallas Stars. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, you, you do not digress, my friend, because the new rule that came into play in this century of uh, going to a skills competition stinks. It, it always has stunk. It stinks now, and it'll stink forever. Uh, you got to let those two players at least go another five minutes, and maybe the game ends because <laughs> they were peppered with shots. But you can't have two goalies, say, 41 shots each and have it end in a shootout. At least in my opinion, you can't. 
Yeah, and I guess kind of the fortunate thing is that both guys weren't working on shutouts, right? Like, if this was a one nothing final in the shootout, it would feel even worse than it does right now. Oh, yeah, of course it would. I mean, a few years ago, a Carolina goalie, and you could help me with the name, saved 83 shots and still resonates in my brain. Now, you wouldn't expect that. You just can't go forever in a regular season game. Mm-hmm. But they've got to look at this rule, and they've got to do something about it, I hope, before uh, too much longer. But the, big, the bigger picture is Laurent Brassois is back where he was at the end of last season. And that is a actually he's better off because he's had the surgery. He's healthier. So would you feel good about a hand that was played with Brassois as the backup and Thompson as the starter, or would you not? I I mean, I I think Loren Brossois is making a real strong push here to, to be more than, than just a backup, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, let me ask you this question, Mike. Mm-hmm. Was that not one of the best goaltending performances we've seen all year long? Well, four years ago, Flower made a save that was the save of the year in the ward ceremony. I think Loren just put his vote in for that award this year, don't you, with that incredible... Oh, yeah. And that wasn't just it. I mean, the whole game was remarkable, yes. Yeah, no, I, I I firmly believe that was the best goaltending performance we've seen all year for for the Golden Knights. Now, that's that's a that's one game. Now, if you take the three that Loren Brossois started, I, I know that his record's going to show 1-0-2, oh, but he, he deserves better, right? Like, you heard Bruce Cassidy talk about it after the game. It should be 3-0. and oh. And that's yeah. the, that's the reality. And if the Golden Knights kind of cut down on those mistakes late in the game against Chicago and late in the game here tonight against the Dallas Stars, Loren Brossois would be three and zero. We'd be talking about that save, and we wouldn't necessarily be relegating the idea that it's Thompson then Brossois. Loren's making a push here, and I think that that's his ultimate goal. He wants to make this a very difficult decision when everyone's healthy. We just have to take his word for the fact that he feels better than he has since junior hockey. If that's the case, then he is capable of starting in the National Hockey League. Now, if you go into postseason, that's a whole different world, and we'll see. By the way, there are five games on March the 3rd. Should there be any NHL games that day? No. No, I don't believe I don't there think should. So. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there should, and, and you know... It, it, Michael, I'll, I'll kind of digress on that for a minute, and thanks for the call. I, there's so many moving parts when it comes to trades, and, and there's so many different things. And, you know, if you're, if you're a team making a trade, right, and, and you are looking at it, you, you're bringing somebody in, especially if you're a contender, you want to maximize the amount of time. Now you can make the argument, well, make the trade before the trade deadline. I get that. But at the same time, a lot of these deals come together right at the last minute. A lot of teams that are holding on to assets are trying to play other teams against one another to get the best return. You want teams to be able to get the best return. I think that that should be a, a day on the calendar where there are no NHL games. It, the trade deadline is its own thing. Maybe you push, right? You push the deadline out a little bit further into the day. You can have a primetime broadcast surrounding all of it. I think that's the better play than having teams play games. That That's just my opinion. What say you? 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm good. So, this was, it was an entertaining game. I mean, it, it's hard to be down on it because there was, I mean, there was the penalty kill really shine today, especially um, killing off that 
crowd, almost a minute, I think it was actually over a minute long, five on three, uh, with Braden McNabb, one of your, you know, best penalty killers in the box on top of it. Um, so that was good to see that the penalty kill is still working really hard and, and doing well. Um, you know, you'd love to see the power play score, um, but at least it was a little, it, it, it felt a little more dangerous than they have more recently. So was that. And then Laurent Brassois has played some amazing hockey. He's been called up. Um, I'm hoping that uh, his performances, while, you know, the record is definitely not what you'd want, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't reflect how he's been playing. I'm hoping that that'll kind of quell the idea that we need to trade for the goaltender. Yeah, and and thanks for the call, Stephanie. If you've listened to this post-game show, if you've listened to me at all, you know that I don't believe, and again, this is my opinion, this is me talking here, I don't believe the Golden Knights should be in the market for a goalie at the trade deadline. I just don't. You've got certainly Laurent Brossois pushing. You've seen what he's been able to do over three three games. You know what Aiden Hill's been able to do? He, he's been fantastic since getting pulled earlier this year against the Anaheim Ducks. And Logan Thompson went to the All-Star game this year. Like The Golden Knights, I think, are fine. In goal, whatever combination you have of those three guys when everyone's healthy, I think you can win with that. I, I really, really do. Um, so I, I just think that Brossois' play should quiet down some of the ideas, some of the thoughts that, A, you can't win with this goaltending, and, B, that you need to go out and bring in another NHL goaltender into the fold. Like I just don't think that that's anything that makes sense for the Golden Knights. We'll see what ends up happening next Friday. 702-876-1340. That's the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I have a couple of things. Okay. First of all, earlier today, Elliot Friedman said that uh, the Preds are now open for business. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, except for UC Soros and, oh, who's that forward they have? Phil anyway, Forsberg. two of them. Is there anybody on the Preds that you think going to, Kelly's interest? Uh, you know, one name, and I don't know if this is a, a player that, that was kind of on the, the list of untouchables or not, um, Tanner Janot last year was fantastic. Now, I don't think the Predators are going to be interested in, in moving a young player that plays with some bite and some edge and had some scoring touch last year, um, but if you want to talk about a player that can drag a team into the fight that has a little bit of snarl, can play on the inside, and is a pain in the butt to play against... Tanner Janot, just thinking off the top of my head, would be the, the number one guy I would think about from the National Predators. But again, like I, I don't know that that's going to be a player they'd be interested or have an appetite to move. Oh, that, well, that wasn't who Elliot said. I can't remember. You know he's one of their star players. But the other thing is uh, we, we need to thank Brassois' doctor. He did a hell of a job on that hip. He seems to have all of it back. And no, we don't need another goalie. Every time a goalie left in one one goal, somebody's online saying we need to get a new goalie. Mm-hmm. I guess if you're not perfect, uh, you just don't work for the Knights. I don't know. But I think we got some real good goalies, and I think we're set. Yeah, anyway, I, that's it. All right, thanks for the call, Rita. I, I agree with you again. I think... Loren Brossois is making a legitimate push here. I think that the conversation right now with Logan Thompson out is an open one. 
Aiden Hill is going to get a chance, and and now it's going to be on both guys, right? It's going to be on Aiden Hill. It's going to be on Laurent Brossois to kind of see what each other are doing and continually push each other forward, continually push each other uh, to be better night in and night out. And, you know, for the Golden Knights up front, you got to lead with with a minute left in the game. you you got to be able to close it out. That's not on the goalies in this spot. It's not on Laurent Brossois over the last again in Chicago and and here tonight against Dallas that that's on the team playing smart responsible hockey in front of them and I think you know you look at those individual plays they've got to be corrected for the Golden Knights moving forward 702-876-1340 that's the number let's head back out to the phone lines bring in Sal hey Sal how you doing uh doing okay um I I agree that the recent form of play from all of our goalies, I, I don't think that we need to be mortgaging anything, any type of future pieces to get a goalie. The way that we're coached, the style we play is indicative of that we can we can win with any of the three in goal. Um, I don't think there's a single game of the 59-60 we've played that the goalie flat out lost us the game. I, I really don't. I can't think back to one game that I've watched this year where it's like, yep, goalie cost us the game. It's it's not that. Um, and second thing from the first caller, uh, you, you can't extend overtime in the regular season when these hockey players are playing such a violent game and they're not baby basketball players that need load management days and off nights on back-to-back. These guys play every single night. So a five-minute OT, three-on-three, and if you want to call it a skills competition, whatever, but I'm in favor of the players that they should not be extending these games when these players give everything and they're not taking days off and quitting and, and, and taking back-to-back days off because they play every single night. So, you know, it sucks that we lost the way we did. But, you know, when you win in a shootout, it's great. When you lose, you want to blame it on the rules. No. These not, players give us everything that they have every night. It's it's not so much that, Sal. It's it's kind of frustration for the goaltenders, right? Like you you saw the performance from both Jake Ottinger and and Laurent Brossois, and it's it's you know I I would imagine frustrating because you know individual plays on individual shootouts, uh, you have a great performance and and it ends up in in the loss column. Like that's that's unfortunate. You want to lose on a hockey play, um, so you you wouldn't be in favor of of a ten minute OT. No. Um... Five minutes is fine, and you know what? I'll be a dinosaur. Even though I'm young, I'll be a dinosaur and say I'm okay with ties back when they yeah, had in the 90s. I, I'm I agree okay with, with a tie after five minutes, but, but I'm a, di- I'm a di- young dinosaur in the, with that belief. Yep. I watch well, a lot of soccer, so I'm used to ties. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, don't, I mean, listen, I, I would love to see more three-on-three overtime. Like, I, I love it, especially when you have two teams going for broke. I, I understand the idea of – you're going to overextend your top players. Like you get a Connor McDavid in a 10 minute overtime period, he's going to play eight minutes. That's going to take a toll over the course of a year. Uh, but I, I wonder as I as I continue to watch some of these performances and how they end in a shootout, I do wonder if if you know I'm coming around to the idea of five minute three on three, and if it, if a game ends in a tie, it ends in a tie. Yeah, I'm cool with that. And you know what? You can always point back to regulation why games were in overtime to begin with. You know, shouldn't have happened tonight. Shouldn't have happened in New Jersey. Um, you know, Jack Eichel scores the second goal. He, and uh, this is not really a knock, but just one little thing I know. I mean, he celebrated that goal as if it was a game-winning goal. And I know he wasn't on the ice for the game-tying goal, so not, not his fault. But, you know, the way that game is, four minutes left, up one, 
you dominated the penalty kill. You domin- You did really well five on five. So six on five, you got you got to find a way to, to close games out. So that was really frustrating, especially with the. I took it as a that first period. I took I took that as such a positive, and I, I I could feel the emotion and the response that this team came out with. They came out angry, and they they knew that this team had their had their number for a while. And the way they they started that first period. I, I loved everything about it, and, and now you just remember this game as a loss, despite all the positives from this game. Yeah, thanks for the call, Sal. I, I, I don't know that I'd necessarily agree with that. Like, I, I get it. I think you're going to kind of, like, look back at it, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's not two points. But, you know, for me, I, I think you take a lot of, of really good things out of this one uh, if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you want a different play at the end of the game, right? You either want Chandler Stevenson to make that play over Jason Robertson, or you want him to get the puck in deep. Uh, full marks, though, to Jason Robertson. Like, I, don't, I don't think anybody had Jason Robertson makes a, a diving play on a two-on-one with an empty net to, to set things up for the Dallas Stars, but here we are, impactful players, superstar players. They make plays on both ends of the ice. Um, but, you know, more than anything, I, I think the Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars proved one thing to me tonight i'd sign up for a seven game series between these two teams in a minute in a minute i would be in i would be invested and i would be excited to see what these two can cook up through a really hard fought seven game series 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us on the other side of the break it's the extended post game show fox sports las vegas Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 3-2 the final. The Dallas Stars defeat the Vegas Golden Knights in the shootout. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in John. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing great. I got a quick question for you guys. Um, did um, Cassidy change the lineup around? Because it looked like um, Eichel or was somebody hurt and Stevenson playing together with um, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was essentially double-shifting Chandler Stevenson. So every second shift, Chandler Stevenson was playing up with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marchessault so in, in favor of Paul Cotter. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. But, it just, but then Cotter came out. If, I just was wondering if he's hurt. So, and then Cotter came out um, to do the shootout. So. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I don't think he was hurt. I think you were just trying to to utilize Chandler Stevenson, who I thought was playing a, a really strong game. And obviously, you're going to look at the play on on that two on one that uh, could have led to an empty net goal, and and that's going to be one you look at. But the touch pass from Chandler Stevenson to spring Jack Eichel was phenomenal, and I think Bruce Cassidy just wanted to get Chandler Stevenson out on the ice a little bit more. Okay, that's that was my question. Just All right. trying to understand that one. Perfect. Thanks for the call, John. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Bill. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Ryan, um, kind of like the previous caller, though, I was just, and I like your opinion on, I don't think we have the right players that compliment Michael. I don't think we have all year. Um, Marchie, I love him, but I don't know if he's a top line. Every other team that has a dynamic player, they are the top line really compliments each other. And if you're sitting Paul Cotter out, um, that's not a good sign for your top line. I think we're two players short, personally, and not dynamic big players, but just somebody you can kind of compliment. Uh, I love the way they're playing, and I'm um, sorry, but March, he just he's not dynamic away. Unless it's around the net, he's not dynamic on the rest of the ice, and I think it kind of holds Eichel back a little bit. 
Um, just your opinion on that. Well, I mean, you're you're short Mark Stone, right? Like Mark Stone, Jack Eichel. That's that's the duo. You know, like when those two were together, they were really good until Jack got hurt, and then obviously Jack comes back in the lineup. Mark gets hurt. Mark's not available right now. I think that's number one. The player that but you're they short. weren't they weren't playing together though. No, they were. They were. It was Jack Eichel. I thought it was Chandler Stevenson yep. and. Um, no, it was, and uh, Mark Stone, and then they were trying to. They wanted to do Riley Smith, but I think Riley Smith. No, they they loaded up for about a ten to twelve game stretch of of Chandler Stevenson, Jack Eichel, and Mark Stone, and they were one of the better lines in hockey. Right, but I think the rest of the lines um, were weaker, and I think they were going to switch those around. But that's when Howden, uh, not Howden, yeah, Brett Howden got hurt, and I think that ruined that game plan of switching them around. But I don't know. I just my personal opinion, um, and you know, I mean, we don't have Mark Snow right now. Sure. But yeah. And if like when Raw, uh, Wall got hurt, um, and we're just a player or two short. I think before the deadline, if we can just pick up a couple players, we need somebody to compliment Eichel. I don't think he's had somebody next to him all year that can really help him showcase his stuff. So I just want your opinion on that. Uh, yeah, I I think. Bill, and thank you for the call. I, I think that for Jack, there's there's certainly kind of a, a, a I don't know if a feeling out process is, is necessarily the right way to go about it or the right thing to say. What I, what I think you saw earlier this year was Mark Stone and Jack Eichel started to find a little bit of chemistry when they were together. Obviously, Mark Stone's not available right now. I do think that the duo on the top line is Paul Cotter and Jack Eichel. I think those two players complement each other incredibly well. Jonathan Marchessault, you get him the puck in the right spot, he's going to put the puck in the back of the net, but it, it hasn't necessarily clicked night in and night out with those three. I do think that this was a game where Paul Cotter uh, took a lot of abuse. There was uh, some physicality in against Calgary in the third period. Paul Cotter added a little bit more juice to his physical game, and it really lended well for Jack to play off of. Tonight, I just don't think that Paul Cotter's physical game was where it needed to be against Dallas. And for a young player, night in and night out, learning how to do that, having uh, those those that consistent effort from from game to game, it's a it's a process. It, it's a learning process. I, I don't know that I would take too much out of it. Chandler Stevenson was flying. I, I don't think Chandler Stevenson getting double shifted in the third period uh, is to take too much away from Paul Cotter. Uh, and you know what? You, you score two goals on Jake Ottinger. That's about what Jake Ottinger allows every single time he's in net. Um, it, it's hard to score on the Dallas Stars, and I think the Golden Knights did enough to win this one. It was more the mistakes at the end of the game that cost them uh, than, than how their lines were constructed. Let's head back out of the phone lines, bring in Cameron. Hey, Cameron, how you doing? Hey, Ryan, I'm doing good. Um, I'm going to channel my uh, inner Darren Millard here and be a uh, glass half full guy. Sweet. Um, I... Uh, I obviously it is a disappointing way to lose, especially after a uh, honestly a world class performance from Brossois, and that that save was uh, was unreal. And I'm you know uh, uh, kudos to him for that and for his performance tonight. Uh, going up against a guy like Jake Ottinger, um, I kind of had a little bit of a flashback to the uh, the kind of the turning point game last year for us in the playoff or leading up to the what ended up not being the playoffs for us in the shootout with Dallas. And, uh, you know, I think that Jake Ottinger is, uh, you know, I would say, I don't know, would you agree that he's a top five goalie in the league? Uh, 
certainly getting there, if if not there already, for sure. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, we don't have too much to be ashamed about. But like you said, you know, that last couple minutes where it comes into – like every time I'm calling, I'm talking about a 60-minute game. That's you know that those last you know 60 seconds can make or break you know the uh, uh, the match for the guys. But um, I think that uh, we've been picking up on physicality, which is cool. Um, but like you said, um, you know Paul Cotter sometimes uh, doesn't necessarily do that in the right way. But it, it's hard to uh, uh, not hard to criticize, but uh, sometimes it's hard to not give or not put too much on him because he, he is a young player. He played, you know, with the Silver Knights particularly a lot last year. And, uh, yeah, he's got a lot to learn. He jumped from being on the AHL team to being, you know, first line on the Knights with Eichel and Marcia. So, and uh, I, I do like where his game's heading. I, like you said, I think he has a lot to learn. Um, but, I'm uh, really happy with everything else besides not being able to close out the game. You know that that's what happened in Chicago. But uh, and uh, to your point, I, I think that we don't really need any goaltenders. And uh, you know, leading up to Brossois jumping in net the last couple games, I was thinking of Brossois as a like a trading chip. You know, like I was thinking, okay, well, you know, uh, we haven't really had to use them, uh, LT and. Aiden Hill has been doing uh, really good jobs when they've uh, gone in net, but I just wasn't sure, you know, like, okay, well, why do you need three goaltenders? And honestly, I think at, at this point in the NHL, it's not a bad idea to have three goaltenders and have that depth just because, you know, it's uh, it's a dangerous position. Things happen. Sometimes it's not even necessarily anybody's fault, like what happened with LT, where it was just – look like he you know kind of extended wrong or something like that but yeah. i think we're in a really good place with our goaltending um i don't really know what the answer is as far as first line um but i think uh paul cotter has a lot to learn like you said but um i'm really you know i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and i'm happy with how the boys played tonight and again save of the year uh Good job, Francois. Yeah, you know what, Cameron, thanks for the call. I, I don't have too much to add to that. Uh, save of the year, Lorraine Brossois, check that box. Paul Cotter, uh, it, it's all about consistency, and, and he'll get there. I'm encouraged by where he's at, but it's a night night in, night out thing, and uh, you need that every single night. And you know what, for the Golden Knights, where they're at in the trade deadline, what Kelly McCrim and George McPhee might do, well, we've got only six days left before the NHL trade deadline kicks in. We're back with more on the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 3-2 to two the final. The Dallas Stars defeat the Vegas Golden Knights in the shootout. Vegas 35-18-6. and six. 76 points on the year. Still tops in both the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. Vegas 76 points. Two ahead of Dallas for tops in the Western Conference. Two ahead of Los Angeles and four ahead of the Edmonton Oilers. That's how things rank in the Pacific Division for the Golden Knights. They're playing well. The playoff hockey atmosphere, that suits them, and I think that it's going to continue 
when they take on the Colorado Avalanche Monday at 6 p.m. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to Jed Donaldson for making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It's your post game show. It's not as much fun for me without your thoughts, your calls, and your input. Until Monday, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.